right. Are we on there, Javi? All right, well, you guys get meat this morning. It's been a kind of an interesting weekend, so um, uh, just uh, ask that we pray for Pastor and Dana and um, individuals who are just going through stuff over the last couple of days. And, um, you know, I, I, it's funny because we didn't sit down and coordinate this, but I, I love the fact that that's what was on his heart this morning was to talk about what's going on this year, right? It has been one of the most interesting, um, and I'm using that word interesting very loosely, um, because it's been a year. It's been a year that has really tested um, a lot of us, um, and and the reason that I'm talking about that is because it's tested me. Um, And, you know, again, I'm married to an amazing wife who um, always kind of puts things into perspective for me, uh, because she, she has to sometimes, and um, you know, I love to say that I'm a real optimist. I'm always one of you know, I, if you were to ask me to define myself, I'm like, well, I'm an optimist, and I'm a visionary, and I love all this and all whatever, um, until things don't go my way, right? Because <clears throat> when things don't go my way, I, you know, and, and again, Susanna would tell this, I sulk, and I will, you know, just get really like, mm. and and I have an attitude about me that that just seems to kind of take over and and I become this other person that I don't recognize. And um, although Susanna recognizes it because she sees it all the time. And, and usually she'll, you know, she'll be the one that kind of calls me out and tells me, okay, didn't you one time talk about this? Or, you know, she'll, she'll tell me all this stuff. And then and I don't like it because it, um, it's uncomfortable to kind of have someone do that. But we need that. We need people in our life that can do that, that can challenge us and that can kind of put us back to that place. And so anyway, so this morning, um, I want to start off with something that I, um, that I got off of social media, by the way. Um, yes, I spent way too much time and I've been cutting back a lot lately just because my blood pressure needed it. And, um, but anyways, I saw this and I really liked it. It was one of those few things that I was like, hmm, I'm going to save this. And I copied it and I saved it on a folder. And, and this morning I was like, oh, this is a good thing to start off with. So anyways, it's, uh, it's kind of a little lengthy, but it says, you're holding a cup of coffee and someone comes along and bumps into you and shakes your arm, making you spill your coffee everywhere. So the question is, why did you spill coffee? More often than not, if you think about it, we would say, well, because someone bumped into me, right? Someone bumped into me and I spilled coffee. Well, the, the answer, that's the wrong answer. The answer is you spilled coffee because there was coffee in your cup, right? Had it been tea or soda, you would have spilled tea or soda. Um, so the point of this whole, it's real lengthy, so I'm not going to get read it all. The point of that is that here's the thing. We are a cup. We are a vessel, right? And the reality is that life is going to come at us and bump into us and cause us to be shaken up. The question really is, what's in your cup? What's going to spill over when that happens? Because it's not a thing of if life shakes us up, right? If something were to happen, if some, it's when it happens. When it happens, what is going to spill out? What is it that is going to be overflowing out of me when those situations take place? So in 2020, the question that I had to ask myself was, what has been spilling out of me for the past year? And Susanna's making a face because 
She knows what has been spilling out of me, um, especially the last few months, right? Everything that has, could go wrong this year has gone wrong, right? We're in the middle of this pandemic that none of us have ever lived through. Um, you know, there's political stuff happening. There's, you know, economic stuff happening. There's all these things going on, and it's shaking up our life. But the question becomes, what's spilling out? What is spilling out of us? And sometimes we can say, well, well, you just don't understand my circumstances. You don't. Well, we're going to talk about that this morning. So anyways, there's three things that I wanted to talk about because here is what I think for myself. And this is something that I've been kind of like pondering for the last few weeks um, just because uh, those questions come up, like what's going on, especially since I read that. So there's three things that I want to talk about today, joy, hope, and purpose, Right. Joy, hope, and purpose. And there's plenty of other things that could be in our cup, right? But, but I want to talk about those this morning. So why these things? These things are kind of like Legos, right? You build on them. It builds. It builds. When we have joy, we're able to see hope. We're able to have hope. When we have hope, then we can have purpose. And they all kind of work together. The thing is that the enemy knows that. And this is what the enemy does. He comes and he starts to nibble and little at a time to take away. Where does he start? He starts with our joy. Because if he can steal your joy, you will become hopeless. And if you can take that hope, then you have no purpose. And without a purpose, we have no destiny. Our destiny goes away, right? So why joy? Here's the reality. In this life, we will have tribulation, trouble, difficulty, trials, sickness, hard times. The storm will rise. The winds will blow against your life. The waves will crash. There's going to be discouragement. Things won't go as planned. Sorrow, weeping, financial difficulties, dark days, uncertain times, right? Anybody recognize those things at some point in your life, right? But here's the thing. Here's the one thing that God has provided us that will never go away, joy. We can have joy in the middle of all of those things. And there's a big difference between joy and happiness because we kind of equate the two together, right? Joy and happiness, well, joy, according to the, def the definition in the dictionary, which sometimes changes, but we'll leave that alone. Um, joy is an emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Interesting, right? Because when we equate that with happiness, we kind of lose sight. Happiness comes from a root, work, root word that in Greek means literally chance. Right? Chance. We, be, we realize that happiness has to do with if something happens. Right? Hap, happens, happenstance, same kind of root that it's come from. By chance. And we leave ourselves susceptible to chance if that's what we're going to rely on. If we're going to rely on being happy. That's kind of a dangerous place to be, especially in times like today. Right? Because if things don't go the way that I want them to go, then I am not going to be happy. And trust me, in the last few months, I have several times that I've not been happy. And that's not a good place to be. But in the middle of that, I can have joy, right? 
Second Peter 1 forces whereby are given unto us exceeding, exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We have been given what? Right? This promise. And we forget that because we start looking at the circumstances. We start to hap- look at the chance stuff that's happening here, and we forget the big picture. Because just that, just knowing what God has given me, how can I not be joyful? Right? How can I not have joy with just that? You know, I've asked questions in, in, at work when we work with people because we're working with, you know, behavior and all that stuff. And, and I ask them this question, if nothing were to change in your life today, from this moment on, nothing changes. Everything stays the same. Could you be happy? Could you be content? And, and, and you start to see in some individuals this anxiety like, oh, heck no, there is no way. Things have to change. There's, you know, obviously they're in treatment with us for a reason. But it's kind of sad to watch that because they don't realize that they put their hope in things that happen, in the circumstances. When we can, if we can get to the point when I have that relationship with God that I know that I know where I stand, I know where my eternity is based on or where it's going. I know what my destiny is. Just that... I mean, somebody should be shouting for joy there, right? Just knowing that should be enough for me to be like, I don't care what else happens because I already know this, right? I know this. Proverbs 10.28 says, the prospect of the righteous is joy. Hmm, right? The prospect of the righteous. If I know that I stand in the righteousness of God through Christ, the pro- my prospect is joy. How can I not have that? Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and a delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. It changes the perspective when we begin to look at that. It says, your, word, your words were found, and I ate them. So when you're lacking joy, where do I go get joy from? Where can I find joy in his word? And what he has told me and what he's promised me and what he's already declared over me. Right? It's not about the things that are happening. And I know it's hard. I'm, I'm really preaching to myself today because I have to convince myself of this. I have to convince myself that it's not who wins the election. It's not how my 401's doing. It's not, you know, what's happening here. It's not all those things that are going to determine my joy and where I stand It's, I have to go back and look and say, okay, God, what have you told me? What have you said? What have you promised me? What have you spoken to me? And begin to live in that place as opposed to what's happening around me. Because this is eternal. This comes and goes. And it's difficult. So again, once our joy is gone, it affects our hope. And why is hope important? Because... The story of the relationship of God and man is a story of hope. It has been from the beginning. We look in from Genesis, and you start to look, uh, Genesis 3.15, someone will come to crush the serpent's head. Uh, Genesis 3.23, someone will restore the Eden that they were chucked from. 
to Abraham, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Uh, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. Uh, and Moses will see, I will rise up a prophet for them. If you go through and you start reading scripture after scripture after scripture, you start to see that God has always been promising, promising, promising. And his promises come true, right? And we need to know that because that's what our hope needs to be in. It needs to be in what he has established for us. And so why is hope important? And I'm going really quick this morning because I told Gary to put a timer up there and I'm way ahead. Um, hope is important because it drives and it fuels our purpose. And this is where I really wanted to focus on this morning, on purpose. Because what is our purpose? Right? What is our purpose? That's, that's the question that most people ask, right? Why am I here? Why me? You know, we sit and we, in that times when we're, no one's around and, and we start to ask those questions, well, what is my purpose? What is it that I'm about? So Webster's define purpose as an anticipated outcome that is intended or that guides your planned actions. Hmm. But what if I were to tell you that your purpose ultimately is your testimony? Right? Your purpose is your testimony. What am I living? What am I standing on? What can people see that I am? Revelations 21.11 says, And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. Interesting, right? Because you know what? The enemy knows that also. He knows that, that his defeat comes from the blood of the Lamb and our testimony. Here's the thing. He can do nothing about the blood of the Lamb. And he learned that lesson. So where do you think he's coming at you and your testimony? And the life that you're living and what I'm, how I'm responding, how I'm guiding my life, the decisions that I'm making, what I stand on when something comes at me. That's what he's going to come at us. This is what we have to stand on. So what is the purpose that we have, Right? Because if we didn't have a purpose, if God had no purpose for our life, if there was no reason for me to be here, then when I got saved, why didn't God just take me? If the whole purpose of my life was to eventually go to heaven, then when I got saved, why didn't God just... Next. Well, because I have a purpose here, right? I have a purpose, that purpose is tied to Mark 16, 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hmm. Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given them, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's my purpose. Right? We get tied up, though, on everything else. My work, what I'm accomplishing, what I'm amassing, what I'm winning, what I'm losing, all this stuff. This becomes, right, when you ask somebody, when you meet somebody, think about this. If you meet somebody new, what's one of the questions? That you, well, so what do you do? Right? Because that's the kind of stuff that defines us. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It's part of our purpose, too. But we lose sight and we think that that's it. That's the purpose is to make more money to accomplish things and to stand out and have influence and have all this stuff. 
And again, going back to that happiness thing, we define that as being happy. My purpose is to be happy. Barna, and I use this a lot, I like this, this um, research that he did. Barna did a, a survey and asked, how do you define success of self-professed Christians? So he identified who's Christian. And so of, of self-professed Christians or self-defined Christians, he asked them, how do you define success? 94% of the respondents in one way, shape, or another define success as what I had accomplished, what I had, you know, what, how much money do I have? All that stuff. 94%. Only 6% responded, do I please God? Do you think that the enemy is being successful at distracting us? At giving us the wrong idea of what our purpose is about? Absolutely. And not because we're bad people, but because we have fallen into that pattern. It's just what we do. Well, I have to be successful. I have to go out there and hustle, and i got to do the work, and i got to... But the question becomes, do I please God? Well, what pleases God? What pleases God, right? Obedience. Obedience is evidence of salvation. The Bible says that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to those who obey him, right, in Hebrews 5.9. We are not saved by our obedience. We are obedient because we are saved. Right? In Luke 6, he says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? What pleases God? Obedience. What did he ask us to do? What is the commission that he gave us to take the gospel to the world? Make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them to obey my word. So when we talk about purpose, that's our purpose. That is the one purpose that God has established for us all this other stuff can be part of our purpose can be how we carry out that purpose but it is not the purpose itself so really when we're checking ourselves and we're asking that question of ourselves how am i doing really my question becomes am i fulfilling that am i doing that and you can say well you know i get up and i preach up here right the most powerful sermon that you will ever preach is the way you live your life. Because there are thousands of people watching and listening to that sermon every single day of your life. Less than 3% of the people that come to Christ come to Christ because they heard a sermon in church. Less than 3%. The vast majority come to Christ because they knew somebody and they watched them live their life and they said, there's something about this. There's something about you I want to know what it is. That's the most powerful sermon that we preach every single day of our lives. The question is, what does that sermon look like? Right? And again, this is what I was, I've been struggling with the past few weeks because my question is, what does mine look like? Right? At home, at work, when I'm out and about, on Facebook. What does that look like? And I think that we have to ask ourselves that question on a regular basis because we can easily get distracted. We can easily lose sight of what it is that our purpose is. And ultimately, we end up not fulfilling that purpose. When, you know what causes stress? Anybody know what causes stress? 
there's some kind of dissonance. That's a big word, huh? Dissonance just means that things don't fit. That's all it means. And that's what causes stress. It should look like this, but it looks like this, and that causes stress in us. So if our purpose, right, is to please God and to take the gospel to the world, if that is our purpose and we're not doing it, do you think it causes dissonance? Jeremiah 29 says, But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Here's a prophet saying that. If I don't do what I am purposed to do, guess what? I'm going to be stressed. Because it creates this dissonance in my life. This is what I'm created for. This is what I'm purposed for, and I'm not doing it. So you want to reduce the stress in your life, right? This time of the year, this is a big issue, right? Everyone gets stressed on the holidays. Start looking at what is my purpose, and am I fulfilling that? Forget of all this other stuff. All these things will fall into place when I can line up my purpose, right? When I can get my purpose in line with what God has purposed for me, all this other stuff falls into place. All this other stuff becomes small, and it doesn't eat my lunch. But when we take a step back and do that, it means that sometimes we've got to change a lot of things that we're doing. And it changed, you know, I heard that this morning, and I loved it, um, and this person said, the only, the only one that can derail God's purpose for your life is you. The only one that can derail the purpose that God has for your life is you. Because he's given us everything that we need. Right? When Jesus was telling us, he says, all power in heaven has been given to me. And he's basically saying, I'm sending you with that. I'm sending you out with everything that you need. I've already given it to you. So the only one that can derail that purpose is me. By losing sight, right, by having my joy, or not, and I hate when people say, oh, you stole my joy. No, I handed it to you. I gave it to you. I let you take it. Because the joy is mine. This is the joy of the Lord is my strength. And he's already given that to me. It's mine. So my role is, how do I then grab onto it? We'll go to his word, right? I found your word and I ate it, and that became joy to me. Because that joy keeps my hope. And what's my hope in? In the promises that God has given me. And what he has established and what he has laid out for me and what he has purposed for me. And when I can have that, then I can step out of my purpose and fulfill that. Right? It sounds real simplistic. I know it sounds real like, well, that's easy. But it's the hardest thing that we end up doing every single day of our life. Is the hardest battle that we fight. Why? Because we have an enemy that knows that also. He knows that really, really well. And he's going to come at us, and he's going to try to derail that. Because that's what he's purposing. Again, he can do nothing about the blood of the lamb. He can do nothing about what Jesus already did. But he can affect what I do. 
And that's what he's going to come against. So we can't be surprised when it's happening. We can't be surprised that we have an enemy who would like to see us fail. And so this morning, I encourage you really to take a step back as we kind of enter this last month of the year, right? This last month of 2020, which is supposedly like a bad word now. Oh, it's 2020. And instead, take a look at, like what Jordan said. We take a look and say, you know what? This has been an amazing year. Look at what we have overcome. I'm still standing. Even with everything that came at me this year, even with all the difficulty and the, the horrible stuff that supposedly happened, guess what? I'm still standing. And I'm still here. And I'm still going to fulfill what God has purposed for me. So let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are a faithful God, Lord. And we just acknowledge today, Father, that you have given us the authority, the power, the joy, and the hope that we need, Father, to fulfill the purpose that you have for us. And Father, I just pray today that as we go home, as we step out, that we begin to look at that testimony that we're living, Father, that sermon that we're preaching every single day of our lives. And Father, let it be based on your word. Let it be on what you have done, Father, that you came and you gave your son, Father, for us, that we would have an eternal life with you. Father, you say that you came, that we would have life and have it abundantly. And Father, I just pray that that would be what we focus on every single day of our lives. Father. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I would encourage you this week to spend some time looking at that. And, um, you know, we're entering the holidays. Um, stay joyful. Don't let the circumstances, don't let what's happening around us turn off the news, get off of Facebook. Although, except if you're listening to us on Facebook, stay on Facebook. Um, but um, so we just encourage you. We bless you this week. Have a good week. And we will see you next week, either here live or online.